It is Sportsnet today. It's Josh Elliott Wolf along with producer Ben Bazran. Had to wait for it to come in there. Nice. We will be with you until 3 o'clock today. That's when the People Show will take over. But until then, we have a lot to go over, including some relative breaking news. Not Canucks related, so don't get too worried. Uh, but around the world of sports, we'll get to it in a minute. Until then, and throughout the show, you can text in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. So there is some breaking news. We'll get to that in a sec. I did want to throw out the question that's kind of going to be the theme of the show today. Uh, It's inspired by Serena Williams playing her last tournament at the U.S. Open. One last night, she's on to the third round. But the question is, which athlete would you most like to see win the ultimate prize? So maybe Stanley Cup, maybe it's a Masters, something along those lines. Which athlete would you most like to see win the ultimate prize if you knew it was their final season or tournament? I'll give you my answer later. Ben will give you his answer later. We'll talk about it a bit more at the end of this segment and moving forward throughout the show, but get your text in 650-650. Dunbar Lumber text line, try not to keep it all Canucks related. I know a lot of people are going to say someone Canucks related because that would mean the Canucks won the cup, but try to try to think outside the box a little bit if you can. Okay, but the breaking news, which came down about half an hour or so ago, just before one o'clock our time. Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj bomb. Woj bomb breaking that. The Utah Jazz have traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers for three unprotected first-round picks, three players, including Colin Sexton and a couple others, and two pick swaps. And I don't know if we know the years of the pick swaps. I would assume it's the fourth and fifth year after those three unprotected first-round picks. Sounds like it. It's uh, It's a huge haul, I would say, for Utah. But also, Cleveland's getting a really good player. I believe they have one of the better starting lineups in the NBA right now, and are at least a threat in the East. I don't know if they're a favorite, but they're a threat. Um, I feel bad a little bit for Donovan Mitchell, because all the all the recent hubbub had been, he's going to the Knicks. Let's go play in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Madison Square Garden. I'm playing in New York, living in New York. I'm an NBA all-star. People are going to love me. Now you're in Cleveland. Salt Lake City. To Cleveland. Enjoy it. Way to go, Donovan. Uh, tough. It is tough. It is tough. Yeah, that is tough. We're not going to hang on the trade too long, but we did want to pass that your way. I know a lot of people listening are into it. I, w- I am interested in seeing how he does this year, how Cleveland does as a whole this year. Um, just because, I don't know, I, I think people, whenever it comes to an Ohio team, you kind of write them off because it's Cleveland, it's Cincinnati, it's Columbus, it's I don't know. It's I just think, easy to forget about them. I think you kind of nailed it. They're a threat. They're good. They have Mobley, who came second behind behind Scotty Barnes in the Rookie of the Year stuff. Mm-hmm. So they still have Jared Allen. They have an older Kevin Love. Darius Garland's a good player. I'm not sure they're going to win the East, but they could scare some people. Would you say Kevin Love has a better chance at winning a title <laughs> than LeBron James and Kyrie Irving right now? No. I wouldn't either. No. But it's fun to think about. No. What if it did happen? What if he's the one that won out of the three? What if he yells Cleveland in the microphone? <laughs> Cleveland, this is for you. 
he's the hero now. He's the boy from Akron. Um, so that's the breaking news. Uh, that's in the NBA. The NHL also had something not equally important, but relatively important because it's the NHL. My favorite thing about the NBA is it, it could be a day like September 1st when you don't really expect anything to happen and then Donovan Mitchell gets traded. You don't really hear about that too much in the NHL. Every once in a while, something will break, but obviously not nearly as often as the NBA. But today, something did break. It's Jake Ottinger, equally exciting, signing a contract extension for three years, $4 million AAV with the Dallas Stars. He was pretty good in the playoffs. He was pretty good in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that I think when we're talking about young goalies in the NHL, people kind of forget about him. I mean, you look at Igor Shosturkin, you look at Thatcher Demko, um, and I, like... Do you think people look at Thatcher Demko, or do you think we just look at Thatcher Demko because he plays in the city that we live in? I think once he had his little bubble experience, and then he had last season, people are in on Thatcher Demko. I agree. Uh, but he's, he's... I don't think people are as high on him elsewhere as people are uh, high on him should here. should be, maybe. Yes. Okay. Potentially. Basketball Phil with the text of the day. How does the Mitchell trade impact the JT <laughs> Miller trade chances? <laughs> Honestly, I hope it does something. Maybe I don't think something. it will. Might push the needle. Yeah. <laughs> I love Vancouver. Hey, I just uh, passed a butterfly on the street. How does this impact JT Miller's trade chances? Uh, we'll what, see. What color was the butterfly? Is the well, team going to play for next? It depends. It was, uh, it was orange? Monarch <laughs> butterfly? What is a... Uh, there's no Philadelphia. Philly. There we go. Or a Dang. retro Canucks jersey. We, yeah, we solved, this, solved the case. Uh, but Ottinger, when his contract expires, he will be in RFA still. Uh, so a little bit of team control there. I do believe if the contract had been longer for Ottinger, he probably would have gotten paid quite a bit more. And that's that was probably a good compromise between the team and the goalie. I do think Ottinger would have liked a little bit more, but... That's kind of in line with how much goalies are getting paid. I mean, you look at Demko and Shesterkin, they both make, well, Demko makes $5 million, Shesterkin makes a little bit more, but he has less term. Um, it's it's hard to be Ottinger and say, hey, I deserve more than those guys until you prove it for a, th- a few more years. But this did get me thinking, when we're talking about ranking these goalies and how important these goalies are, who would you rank as someone that you would want in a playoff series. So someone that in a playoff series, you have seven games or you're out, your season is over. Who are you taking? And I think a lot of people... Of, inc- of, of everybody? Out of anybody in the league. Wow. Currently playing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, to an extent currently playing, because ah. I do have one guy on the list that kind of isn't currently playing, but who knows what his future holds. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, good one. Uh, To me, it comes down to nine players. And I think most people can agree, nine players, and then you kind of whittle it down. I think the two very obvious one-two, Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shosturkin. Right? Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to... That's the easy one-two punch. Yeah. And if anyone says no against that, I I wouldn't... uh... It's hard to argue with it. Yeah, you can't can't argue with that. Vasilevsky has... His obviously amazing regular seasons, but also in the playoffs, he's one of the best goalies ever. And then Igor Shosturkin just had an unreal season. And I do think we need to see it more going forward, but it was just an amazing season that 
it's hard to hard to discount. I do think there's a few guys of the nine that maybe you potentially have on your list that over a two week stretch can, can turn just it get on ridiculously hot. The way I, the way Ottinger did against the Flames. I will say that most I I feel that most goalies could do that though. Most goalies of a like I could see Cam Talbot, who I think is a good goalie, not a great goalie. I could see Cam Talbot have a three week, two week, three week stretch where he's just like the best goalie in the league, pitches four shutouts, totally. and his team wins. Right. That doesn't mean I would take him over the other guys, though. But I get what you're saying, where any of these guys could just have an elite two-week stretch where it doesn't matter what one you take, you're winning the round. Um, so Vasilevsky, Shesturgin, 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 Shesturgin. Got it. They're the top two. Yep. Um, a few that I would almost put as honorable mentions, but... I would still maybe put in the category. The one that I was talking about kind of isn't playing, kind of is playing, Carey Price. Okay, so I'll make an argument for Carey Price in a way. I will say I wasn't going to put him on the list until you brought him up, and then I was like, I guess I'll put him on the list. But... Like he, It's kind of interesting because the last time we actually saw him in like a real game that actually mattered or competitive play, like he was lights out in that playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know how that knee is. I don't know how... How mentally, if he's if he's ready to go, or... reportedly it doesn't seem like he's going to play this year. Right, and at his age and with all the injury concerns he's had, that kind of brings his whole career into question. But that might be an answer to one of the que- the question you asked to start the show. Right, maybe you want Carey Price to win a Stanley Cup in Montreal. Maybe that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. But that being said, in this conversation of what goalie you would take in a playoff series, maybe you don't count him. I d- I don't think I would take him. Okay, I do think. Five years ago, he's number one on the list. Absolutely. Currently, obviously, even if you ignore the injury concerns or the injury he has now, it's still a little concerning if he's your if he's your number one guy because you never know when something could happen. Um, the other two guys that I would say probably are at the bottom of this list but have earned their way into at least being in the conversation, to me, Connor Hellebuck, who... That's like a good one. Two or three years ago, again, he might have been a guy that was number one on the list, but he's kind of fallen off a bit. He has he's still really good. He's still elite, but I don't know if I would take him above some of the other guys currently. If he had if he comes back next season and he shows that he's the goalie that he once was, he's right back up there. Uh, we, we know he's capable of it. Yes. He's still like, in my eyes, a top eight goalie in the league. Which is still a really, really good goalie, and to your point, can go on this two-week stretch where he just wins you a playoff series. Right, it's not out of the question. The other guy plays for the Islanders, Ilya Sorokin, who I think is another. That's a dark horse pick. I think he goes underrated and doesn't really get the acknowledgement he maybe deserves in New York, but he's a guy that he does have to prove it a little bit more. But I would put him in that conversation of, hey, if I'm going into a playoff series with him as my number one, I'm confident. I think I might win the goaltending matchup. Unless you're, if you're the Islanders, I guess you could end up going against a Vasilevsky or a Shesterkin. And that, that makes it a little more difficult, but I would still be confident with him as my number one guy. So those will probably be at the bottom of the list. Totally. And then you get into the middle. And this is where... Someone like Jake Ottinger comes in. Yep. This is where someone like Thatcher Demko comes in. Sure. So if we want to make this a tier situation, tier one, Vasilevsky, Shesterkin. 
tier three, Sorokin, Hellebuck, in my mind, personally. And okay, it's pretty easy for them to move up the list, but who knows? We'll put them there. Tier two has a few more players. So I would put four goalies in that list. We got Demko. Thatcher Demko. Demko Ottinger. Jake Ottinger. Yep. Jacob Markstrom. Sure. And UC Soros. Sure. So any of those four guys, I would be very, very confident with going into a playoff series and thinking that I have a very good shot at winning that. Even if they don't, like, even if... Is Demko the youngest of that group? uh, Jake Ottinger is. Ottinger's younger. I believe Markstrom is the oldest, and then Soros, and then Demko. Uh, But I don't even think those guys need to go on that two-week stretch of, hey, I'm playing amazing hockey. I think they just need to play at their... Just be yourself. Just just be yourself, Thatcher. Yeah. Just play at their average, and they are capable of winning you a playoff series. Sports Psychology 101. Yes. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. Go out there, stop that rubber, and do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. So, do you agree? Those four guys are probably tier two. I do. Um, I would say... For a two-week playoff series, I put those guys together. When you want to start a franchise, maybe those that's why I asked about the age thing. Like, who would you actually want moving forward? That's different. Mm-hmm. Touchy subject for maybe maybe not touchy, but for Canucks fans, would you want Markstrom or or Demko for a, for a one playoff series? I think most people would still say Demko. I would put myself in that category too. I mean, yep. Markstrom, like again, what if they're playing the Oilers? Then I definitely want Demko. <laughs> then I definitely want Demko. Um, Markstrom just, look, when he was in Vancouver and when he, even in Calgary, he has been elite. He just, I'm not as confident in him as I am confident in Demko at this current point in their career. Especially, we do need to see Demko play more playoff games because he only has that bubble experience and that's a very, very small sample size. It was an amazing sample size, right? but it was very, very small. I would say I would probably take Demko. So I would say of that tier two, the four goalies, mm-hmm. I'm putting Ottinger and Demko just slightly above Markstrom and Saros. Yeah? Just in like, they're in the same tier, sure, but they're going to be the first level of that tier, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're like the 1A, 1B, and sure. I get it. Um, like I, was, I, w- I was really impressed with what Ottinger did against the Flames this year. I agree. I do think I... It's the same. It's a similar situation to Sorokin for me, where I need to see a little bit more. And this isn't his fault. I just need to see more sample size. Uh, I would probably go if I was to separate them. I would have Demko and Saros pretty competitive, and then Markstrom Ottinger in the same okay. situation. Uh, but it is. It's it's uh it's definitely a question. Text in six fifty six fifty Dunbar Lumber text line where you would put Demko in a conversation of goaltenders you're confident going into a playoff series with and where you would maybe put Ottinger in that conversation too because he did just sign that three-year four million AAV contract with the Dallas Stars their goalie of the future well at least for the next three years we'll see what happens after that uh I did want to get back into the conversation that we opened the show with the question of the day which athlete let me let me get the proper wording. Which athlete would you most like to see win the ultimate prize, whether it be Stanley Cup, uh, Green Jacket, U.S. Open in tennis, whatever, uh, Wimbledon, if you knew it was their final season slash tournament? So this is brought up by Serena Williams, obviously playing in her final U.S. Open. She knocked off the number two seed in three sets last night. 
She plays in her third-round matchup tomorrow. And I know she's kind of been a, a divisive character on the court. Uh, a lot of people aren't high on the uh, how kind of emotional she gets. And personally, I love it. I love it too. Yeah, it's like I think it's exciting. I, I think want it shows to see passion. people exactly. She cares. Yeah, I want to see people caring about their sport. I think it's awesome. That's kind of an issue I have with hockey at times too. Is like a guy scores a goal and it's like, ah, oh, that was fun. I can't wait to go play for night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When a player gets traded, oh, I'm looking forward to going to Cleveland. Meet some new not, people. Not actually Cleveland, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's I I like to see the emotion from her. Uh, we did get some texts. So we'll start with Sean and Delta. Dan Marino. That's a good answer. I like good that. Good answer. It would have been, especially when you bring up, I think it's a it's a different conversation in the NBA and in the NFL, specifically with quarterbacks, is you would like to see, it's almost like their legacy is tainted because they haven't won uh, whatever their championship is. So for quarterbacks, if you haven't won a Super Bowl, your legacy while you can still be considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time, people can point to your Super Bowl category and say, hey, you never won. And that's what matters. And it's same in the NBA. If you're a superstar player, you compare rings. And you look at Michael Jordan, and that's why he gets so much credit, and also because he was an amazing well, player. If he, but if he had only won two or three? Maybe not. Maybe not. You watch TNT halftime show, all Shaq does is roast Charles Barkley. About never having won a ring. Exactly. He's like, how would you know, Chuck? You haven't <laughs> won before. You don't have one of these. And he holds up his fingers. Like, yeah. I, I I get it. And I think that's why this question is so interesting because you want to see the athletes you love the most win. Mm -hmm. And go out on top. Definitely. Especially if you know it's their last season. Because I think for a lot of fans, even if it's a rival team, you can put that aside for being like, hey, this is this guy's last season. I want to see this person win because I know they're great in their sport and they deserve to win one before they go. I think a lot of people felt that way. And this would be my answer. And I know I said to avoid the Canucks, but my Canucks answer, and I think a lot of people would be the Sedins. And I think a lot of people around the league felt the same way where, hey, this is these guys are class acts, unique talent. We'll never see twins of this caliber again. Maybe not twins in the NHL ever, but at least of this elite quality. And people were like, they deserve to win before they go out. Obviously it didn't happen. The Canucks weren't very competitive in their final years, even though they kind of tried to be, but also didn't really try to be. It was a really fun time. Everyone remembers it. Very awesome. Um, but I think the Sedins would be an answer for a lot of people. We do have a lot coming in the text line, 650, 650. A lot of them that I didn't think about that I definitely agree with. And a couple of them that I think will be an answer for a lot of people on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber Text Line. We'll get to that and more on the other side. This is Sportsnet Today with Josh Elliott Wolf and producer Ben Bazran on Sportsnet 650. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. I mean, what's so good about Cleveland? Sportsnet today, Josh Elliott Wolf, Ben Bazran, Sportsnet 650, and The People. This isn't The People Show, but The People Show is coming up at 3, but you can still text in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line, 
Get your takes in. Which athlete would you like to see win the ultimate prize before they retire if you knew this was their final season or tournament uh, inspired by Serena Williams? Maybe maybe going on a run in her final U.S. Open. I'm on board. I'd like to see it happen. The two seed. Uh, knocked yeah. her off. Knocked her off. That's a big That's a big move. I saw her playing the two seed last night, and I was like, oh, oh no. This could be it. But she's good. She's going through. Now she's playing an unseeded Australian Australian in the third round. So I couldn't tell you who it is. Little more hopeful. Little more hopeful. Uh, but you were playing Drake coming in. And my immediate thought, whenever I am hosting a sports radio show, which mm-hmm. isn't that often, but is often enough, and I hear Drake's song come on, he has the same vibe to me as Russell Wilson. What? Yes. And maybe it's because I'm trying to find a segue here. Okay. But let me explain. Sure. Overrated, in my opinion. Tough. Little corny. Okay. Tries a little too hard and just very much wants to be in the public image. Wants to be seen. Wants to be seen. Sure. I agree with all of that. And probably not. Let's (laughs) ride. Bronco. Yeah. Broncos country. They need Drake to do it for the Raptors. Raptors country. Let's ride. That would be then I would be very accurate. But I bring up Russell Wilson because he signed an extension in Denver today. I forgot to mention it when I was talking about all the news that had happened since the morning show this morning. But Russell Wilson signing an extension with the Denver Broncos, a five year extension. He already he had two years left, so this puts it at seven year total. $245 million total with $165 million of that guaranteed. So the deal will bring him. Right now he's 33 years old. Let's add seven. He's 40 at the end of it. If Good he math. plays throughout. Yeah, it was quick. Quick maths. Quick. Remember that? Oh, that was a long time That ago. was fun. Um, brings him to 40. And look, I know we see a couple elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are 40 or up. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or is Aaron Aaron Rodgers might be 39. But regardless, a couple older quarterbacks that are still producing at a very, very elite level. We'll have to see what Brady does this year, but I mean... He's 38. 38? Aaron Rodgers is only 38. He just gives off the vibe of a 40-year-old guy. He does. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Russell Wilson will be 40 when this, this contract wraps up. And I know people, when they saw it, they were like, hey, this is this is a lot to give him. But also they said, maybe he can be good that long because we're seeing Brady do it. We're seeing Rodgers do it. Sports science has come so far that players can be good late. But I will say, I think the way Brady and Rodgers play is very different compared to the way Wilson plays. And well, we, they're pocket passers. Exactly. And I mean, I mean Rodgers can move, mm-hmm. and Rodgers can throw on the move with the best of anybody we've ever seen, maybe. But... As he gets older, he can just sit there and pick apart a defense. And obviously, we know that Tom Brady can and has done that forever. But he's never been a mobile guy. No. And I just think that Wilson's stature isn't very big, as we know. So he's not built as a pocket passer. And when his legs start to leave him, he gets a little slower. The game might catch up to him a little bit. That contract might not look so good in four or five years. Yeah. And we even see it happen during 
the course of a season with Russell. Totally. He'll, That's what I was going to say next. Yeah, he'll start the first five, six, seven weeks like, oh, man, this is a well, Russell MVP year. Well, the first five weeks last year, we're all talking about this guy's going to win MVP. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And he falls off. And he falls off. And, it, like, I don't necessarily – it's tough because I don't think people were blaming him that much last year. Like, they would say, hey, the team around him, he, he the O-line wasn't good enough and – that made him wear down quicker than he should have, but he kind of does this every year where he starts really good and then peters off by the end of it, and you still want him on your team because he has the capability of being a very, very elite quarterback. I just, I wonder if this contract might go on a little too long. Also, at the same time, NFL contracts are so weird, they might just be able to get out of it at some point. But to tie our two topics together, NHL goalies in the first segment and then this topic, Russell Wilson, I do believe, is a quarterback that on any given week can go out there and steal you a game. Yes. Like, if we were to put him in tiers of quarterbacks we would want, I think there's more tiers in the NFL. Right. Um, but he's I, he's up there for someone who can steal a game. Yeah, yeah. He's probably, like, tier three. Sure. Like, they're probably, I would still say, maybe, maybe not double-digit guys. There's that eight, I would take before him. Seven or eight guys, though. But there was there, he's at least at the end of the top ten. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does in Denver, too. And if this amount of money makes it harder for them to add around him, and that's kind of why he wanted out of Seattle. It's a lot of money. I don't know. It's a lot of money. But a lot of their younger guys are kind of locked up. So we'll see how it works out. Very interested to see how Russell Wilson does outside of Seattle. And if... Maybe maybe he's right. Maybe it just wasn't working in Seattle. He needed out. Now he's going to win MVP on MVP. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too hopeful this year, though. Right. All right. So, but that got us thinking about star players around sports mm -hmm. and how much money they make. A lot. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do make a lot. <laughs> Athletes make a lot of money. But there's also a balance. And a lot of people, especially... Here in Vancouver, when it comes to the Canucks, we saw it happen in 2011. Good players will take less if they think they have a chance to win. Because at the end of the day, as we just said earlier, players get judged based on, on, how, based many on how much they win. And look, honestly, if you're an athlete, a lot of guys are in it for the money. Or for not sure. a lot of guys. I would say a few guys are in it for the money and just want to maximize that. Well, the money's great. I mean, a lot of these guys want it for the money, but there's more yeah. to it than that. At a certain point, you make enough money that you're you're comfortable and you say, hey, I worked my whole life to win a Stanley Cup or win right. an NBA championship or whatever it is. You want to give yourself the best opportunity to do that. So the question is, should star players take less to make their teams competitive? So I'm, I'm looking at the text coming in, and Gurjeet says that he would have loved to see both Iverson and Malone win a championship. Mm -hmm. Well, Malone had to go up against a guy named Michael Jordan. That's tough. So that That's tough. a tough break. And then Iverson had this these two dudes named Kobe and Shaq. That's another tough break. So, I mean, it's hard. But do you think those two guys would have taken less money on their teams to build amazing teams around them? And like it, it's a question. Like I'm not coming at it like as though you're being selfish way or a player's being selfish because if you deserve the bag, go get the bag. Yeah, because you're that great. Mm -hmm. But I look at guys like what Tom Brady's done in his career, what Tim Duncan, you know, who's 
regarded as maybe a better power forward than Carl Malone. Probably is. Uh, and what he did at the end of his career when the Spurs were going to those finals against the Heat and then they won their fifth championship, taking way less money than what he was probably could have gotten to build a better team around him. And I think it's just a matter of once you have the bag secured, and I'm using air quotes there, and you've made a ton of money and you want to start winning, then maybe you take some of that hometown discount to try to chase the ring. Like, where, where do you fall on that? Like, I, I want to win. I, I'd want to win if I was in their position. Yeah, I think it depends on what stage of the career, to, to your point, what stage of your career you're in. Because I think it's really easy from an outside view looking in to say, hey, this you should want to come to, let's say it's the Canucks. Let's say there's a really good player in free agency and the Canucks want to go after him, but they have to also sign a couple other players. If you want that player from free agency, you want them to take a discount because you want them to say, hey, I believe I can win there. But I can't also fault them for saying, hey, I I want to make as much money as I can because I don't know how long I can do this for. Totally. And so there's an expiry date to every athlete and you never even know when it is. Like it could be your second year in the league and you get a critical injury and you're done. So I I totally stand by you with the fact of when you're early in your career, get the bag, get the bag. And I I think that's how a lot of athletes think too, is once you hit your, in the NHL, it's once you're off your ELC, you might sign a bridge deal, but Mm -hmm. a lot of guys are looking to cash in. And I think bridge deals are becoming more and more popular. We see it with, Elias Pettersson and Austin Matthews just walking himself right to free agency. Uh, Pettersson obviously not walking himself to free agency, but I think they deserve it. And I do think they, you deserve to make the choice that feels best to you. And to me, as much as I would want to win a championship and I want, as a fan of certain teams, I want players to take less money so that my team is better. I just know if I was in the position to either take less and maybe win a championship or take more money and still kind of have a chance at winning a championship, I would probably take more money. Okay, so I to- I completely agree with you if I'm in the first half of my career. But something I've been seeing a lot on on the internet, on talk shows, is regarding LeBron James and him re-upping for two more years. I think he signed for something like $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. I think it was 49 Yeah, I think he makes $96 million total right. on it. So four, so forty eight or something. So it's yeah. it's a ridiculously high number. But it was like, okay, he is a a billionaire, and let's say LeBron took half of that. I think it's forty eight. So forty eight. So let's let's say he took twenty four, and he said, "Here, Lakers front office, here's twenty four million dollars that I'm not going to take for you to go play with." Mm-hmm. Now LeBron has been quoted in the past saying, "As long as I feel like I'm a max player, I'm going to take max money," which is completely his right, his prerogative. Do that. But if the Lakers had $24 million to spare, wow. The other, yeah, and the other thing that comes up. So if you're a team, you want players, you obviously want players to take less money. It gives you more freedom. Of course. But if you're a player, so let's say you're another player in the NBA. You're an average player that's definitely going to get a contract, but isn't going to get paid a lot. If you see LeBron get $50 million because he's a max player, you say, great, that's market value. He cares about the other players in the league, and that's going to help me get more money. Sometimes when players take less, so let's say, for example, it's LeBron taking 24, 25 million, that affects 
the lesser players around the league. And that's where it starts to get, it's almost a different conversation with super superstars. You kind of have to take as much money. And look, there's obviously exceptions to the rule, but it's almost in the league's best interest for players, for the superstars to take as much money as they can. And because it sets a precedent, it sets a precedent. Yeah. And it kind of has this trickle effect down the league where players are going to get paid more because there's there's a precedent that you shouldn't be it's just averaging out around the league right, right. but also on the on the other side and I'm kind of contradicting myself there's also less money for you to have right so good text comes in saying the NBA is different than the NHL and the NFL and the teams can spend over the cap the Lakers are rich enough they can spend as much as they want as long as they're willing to pay the luxury tax, which obviously the Lakers are, and they always kind of have gone into the luxury tax. Yeah, and same but, with baseball. Like, Yankees are always But the it. principle applies that even in a hard cap league, if you have superstars, if, if Connor McDavid said, I'll just take seven, yeah. I don't want 12 and a half, and you have five and a half left to play if you're Edmonton, well, okay, then that still it still applies to that, right? Yeah. So I, I understand your position in terms of you want to make sure that for other players, market value is there and seeing you can compare. And when you go to arbitration, okay, this is how much points they got. This is what they're getting paid. That makes sense. But just in terms of winning, especially later in your career when you're still pretty good, maybe you take a backseat. Mm-hmm. And and I will say teams do benefit in a way when, so let's say for McDavid, for example, when you sign a long-term deal, by the end of that, usually, and not in a COVID scenario, but usually the cap will go up so much that what looked like a very expensive deal at the beginning of the contract is a bargain at the end. We kind of saw it with Crosby when he took his 8.7 by however many years it was in Pittsburgh. It seen at the time it was market value, and then a few years down the road it was, man, this guy's only getting paid $8.7 million, and the Penguins were able to surround him with a lot more talent because of it. So totally. taking as much as you can at certain points works out. But yeah, we did get a text, uh, 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Never in their prime should a star settle for less. Ray Bork scenario is a good example of what an athlete chasing a cup should do. And I agree with that. You max out your career earnings as long as you can until eventually you try to find a scenario that works best for you. And you see it a lot in all sports, really. Like we saw it in hockey, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe going to the Leafs at the end, thinking they could win a cup there. Um, There's so many examples of players that do that, especially in hockey, I think. And we saw it work out with Ray Bork. The issue is a sport like hockey is so random, it doesn't always you work out. You don't see it work out that much. Like Ray yeah. Bork, I'm, I'm trying to think of another example where, it where did things work have worked out. out that well after already getting the bag and I think of like the NBA in the 1990s when Clyde Drexler joined the Houston Rockets right and okay they won then it's tough to think of a lot of examples where guys at the end of their careers join a contender and then win and it's also tough because you're at the end of your, your career and you're not as good right so you want to help you're not that impact player anymore yeah though. you have a name brand attached to you right. but you're just not the same player that you were if you were younger in your career. And maybe that's why some would argue you should take less when you're younger because that's when you're in your prime. That's when you can help out the most. That's when you should be trying to make your team as competitive as possible. Yeah. 
a great text in from Dan here. You know, the problem with this is generally management sucks. Okay, I wouldn't say that in every circumstance, but often, uh, often, <laughs> often enough, I think that you taking less money. You know, the flip side to my argument is, okay, so I'm helping out them with their job. Yes. Well, why am I making their job easier? My job is to go out there and play hockey or basketball or baseball, and I deserve what I should get. And you got to figure out if I'm this good, build a winner around me. That's not my job. But I, do we think the do we think the Avalanche would have won if McKinnon wasn't get paid what he was getting paid last paid last year? We're gonna find out. <laughs> we are next year, right? Um, but and same with the the Lightning. But maybe not. Maybe it, it's, it's hard tough. to say though, right? Like yeah. it, that's a big hypothetical. Because how often have we seen? It, it's hard in hockey too because the Lightning obviously won twice and then the Avalanche won, but it's hard to think of a situation where there was one guy getting paid a huge percentage of the cap that went even far in the playoffs. Like the Oilers went far this year, but did we think they were going to win? No. no. Do you think that's what the Leafs kind of have an issue with those, right? It's like they have the cap locked up in four guys, like four guys take up a ton of their cap mm-hmm. and they're, they're struggling to be like, all right, how do we build something around this? That's, you know, they're a very, very good hockey team and they came very close to knocking off Tampa. But when you have so much money locked up in a very few amount of guys, it's tough in a hard cap league. And now you almost have to trade one of them to maximize right. how competitive you can be. What's but different, I, though, between hockey and basketball and having a star quarterback in football is having a star in basketball or football can make you a contender. Definitely. You need a well-balanced hockey team from top to bottom mm-hmm. to win a Stanley Cup. And you need the elite guys, but also you need guys down the lineup that are performing above what they're getting paid. Exactly. And so it is tough. I will say for the Leafs, as much as it's fun to watch them go out in the first round and watch them struggle to to really build a Stanley Cup contender, or they're a Stanley Cup contender, a Stanley Cup caliber team that goes far in the playoffs because we haven't seen it. I can't really fault them for what they've done because they signed all those contracts pre-COVID. And they were working under the assumption that the cap was going to go up. They were going to have more to play with. It just didn't work out. But I will say it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to see what's happening in Toronto right now. It is Sportsnet today. I'm Josh Elliott Wolf with producer Ben Bazran. We are taking your text, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Let's get back into the conversation of what athletes we would like to see win championships, ultimate prizes, before their career is done. If you knew this was going to be like Serena Williams, it's her final U.S. Open. If you knew it was going to be a certain athlete's final season or tournament, which one would you like to see win the most? Uh, we didn't get your answer. What's your answer, Ben? My answer, I mean, I'm a golfer. So, I mean, I would love to see, I'd love to see Tiger win one more major and then just be like, I'm that, out. That's it. Puts on the green jacket, says, I retire. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? I can't. I can't walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I just shot 15 under and one. Yeah. I'm done. I think that'd be just so legendary. If Serena pulls this off too, like I'm not going to pick Serena, but if Serena does pull this off, wow, that's a storybook Cinderella. Yeah. What's your pick? Honestly. Or are we not going to that yet? Well, I would say Sedin's. Okay. And I know, again, I keep saying. You said not to do any Canucks. I would, you're right. Probably Randy Moss. Okay. I would have liked to see Randy Moss. I thought he was going to do it with the Patriots. Didn't work out. Yeah. But I, I would have said Randy Moss. 
That's a good one. And Justin Jefferson might get there at one point for me if he gets late in his career. I, I love Justin Jefferson, man. He's my favorite. But, yeah, any Viking that even if they didn't win with Minnesota, I would have liked to see win elsewhere. Sure. Uh, just didn't didn't work out for us. The Sedins is a popular pick. Like, I would say the Sedins too because that means Vancouver won a cup then. Yes, and that that's why I kind of said to avoid Canucks. I covered it for people though. The Sedins, I think a lot of people would say Linden too. Um, we did get a text here. Let me find it. One uh, one person saying Luongo. Oh, nice. That would have been good. Um, that was the same text as the Iverson and Malone. NHL-wise, Luongo and Aginla. Aginla. I think a lot of people, I feel bad for Aginla because we're talking about guys chasing cups in their final years. Aginla went to so many teams at the end, yeah, just he, trying to figure it out. and Got close, it just didn't work but out. But he wasn't that guy anymore. He wasn't an impact player anymore, to go back to your point. I saw a text from me and Steve, Steve Nash with a great story about how uh, this person texting in had a three-pointer over Steve Nash in the BC Championship game for uh, for basketball. But Steve Nash, if I think the Suns should have won one of those years in the mid to late 2000s. Like They had a great team. I really, really wish that Steve Nash could have gotten a championship. And he might as a coach, but I mean, he already did with Golden State, I guess, as a shooting coach. Yeah, doesn't matter. No as one cares pl- about the shooting coach. As a, as a player, I would have loved to see Steve Nash win. Yeah, I think a lot of people in BC, Canada, would have liked to see Steve Nash win. Uh, we get another text, or a couple more here. Kemper, Alfonso Davies winning the World Cup. Great. I think a lot of people would be pumped about that. Because that be, would mean Canada has won a World Cup. Unreal. That would be unreal. Uh, Derek from Langley, I would love to see Roger Federer win his last tournament. That's a great one. Very similar to Serena. Especially where, Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Where they're the the goats. I would say, like, do you agree Federer's kind of the goat of... It's up for debate. Like, it's a three-headed monster. Yeah. I am a Federer guy. I'm biased. I love the way he plays. I love the way he acts. Um, so I, I'm a Federer dude, but Federer went out like that, and Serena did too. The goats. That's from Derek from Langley. Yeah, I, I would... Go Derek. I would definitely agree with that. That was someone I hadn't really thought of, but I, I'm not even a big tennis guy. But if I could watch Serena Williams or Roger Federer win their last tournament, like chills, it would just it would just be amazing to see. It would be similar to watching Tiger win in 2019. Obviously, he kept playing, but yeah, uh, that felt like a. I just want another 2019 Tiger moment. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. It felt so good. Yeah, just never thought you would see it again, and then it happened. So awesome. Um, what else? Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. Henrik Lundqvist. That's a good answer. Okay. He was He's very similar to the Sedin situation where he did go to a final. He had the chance. It didn't work out. But everyone around the league loved him. Yep. He only played for one team. He was a classy guy. Dressed Great. very well. Great player. Great player. One of the best at the position. And it just didn't work out. And It's tough because... It's hard for it not to affect their legacy, but also you didn't win the cup. It's it's just in the end, it is what it is. Uh, John Daly. That's wow. a text. John Daly. <laughs> Could you imagine John Daly winning now? No, that would. Uh, I feel like I just wouldn't it'd be, be kind of funny though. It'd be kind of funny for a bit, and then I'd be like, "Hey, but where's that text? Did he actually win? Sipping on a diet coke. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Putting on the green jacket. Let's yeah. go." I mean, it would be cool. It would be cool just – but then I feel like too many people would think they could just walk onto a golf course and win. But he's, then He's extremely talented. 
Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Let's not get anything wrong. No, no, no. John Daly is an extremely talented player. Yeah. But I think people watch him and they're like, if he can do it, I can do it. And it's like, well, no, actually, he's been doing this his whole life and he's really good at golf. Uh, but it would be fun to see. Uh, so text in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Who do you think should have won the ultimate championship, ultimate prize before their career is over? Is it Serena Williams? We did get a couple texts saying, yeah, I would like to see Serena win. Is it someone like Tiger Woods? Is it a team sport player? doesn't have to be a current player. could be already retired that you would have liked to see win. Text in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Your thoughts. We're also going to talk about the NFL next. We're going to rank some of the teams and who we think is going to win divisions this year as we're only a week away, one week away from the start of the NFL regular season. Get hyped. We're going to do that next. Six on Sportsnet Today, Josh Elliott Wolf, producer Ben Bazran, Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet today, Josh Elliott Wolf, Ben Bazran, Sportsnet 650, The People Show, Bicton's R. Randy Janda, coming up at 3 o'clock. Adnan Verk is going to join them. Also, uh, Ben Baby from Cincinnati covers the Bengals. Uh, and a couple other guests, Donovan Bennett, Peter Galindo, uh, going to join them as well. So that's coming up at 3, but we still have half an hour left of this show. The big question on the show today talking about which athletes you would like to see win the ultimate prize before they retire, especially if you knew it was their final season or tournament and you could put rivalries aside. You just wanted to see a great athlete win like we're seeing with Serena Williams potentially right now. Hopefully she's able to keep moving on. She's through two rounds so far, plays her third round matchup tomorrow. Uh, I want to get in a couple texts before we move on to our next topic. So one of them comes in, Marcus and Gibson's Patrick Marlowe. Most games played in the NHL has no cup. I thought he might do it in Toronto when he went to Toronto. I was like, you know what? I kind of, if they win, I know a lot of people here would be mad, but at least Marlowe would get a cup and that'd be good for him. Uh, same with Thornton when he went there, but didn't work out. Uh, Saku Koivu comes in as well. That would have been good. Great leader. Awesome story for sure. Ryan Smith, Captain Canada, that comes from Duncan the Chef. And uh, this one from Jazzy, Roy Halliday. Definitely, definitely. If you could have won uh, one with the Jays, especially, I think uh, a lot of people would be in for that. Uh, so keep texting those in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line, your thoughts on one athlete you would like to see win their ultimate prize before they retire. Uh, we are going to move on. Because we are one week away dun, 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 from the NFL regular season. That was supposed to be the NFL, I think it's on Fox theme song. It didn't really work out. It just sounded like a trumpet. I was like trying to introduce something. Embarrassing. I'm going to move on. Uh, we wanted to talk about what teams could be, at least in our minds, in line to make the playoffs this year. Who do we think is going to win the 
divisions and who are going to be the three wildcard teams. Do we have any surprise picks missing the playoffs this season? So Ben and I have compiled our rankings. We scoured the internet for all the takes, all the video. We watched hours of film, days of film, months of film, and now we're here. We're ready to go. We have the results. Text in 650-650 what you think as well. It is Sportsnet today. Josh Elliott Wolf with producer Ben Bazran. Here we go. What division? Let's start in the AFC. All right. AFC. We'll start with the AFC North. We'll go Northeast, Southwest. Northeast, Southwest. Okay. So the AFC North, my winner, okay. the Baltimore Ravens. I agree. All right. So we're off to a good start, a green. I just think, look, I know they didn't have a – they had an okay year last year. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't as good as it could have been, especially in the playoffs for them. I just think Lamar – I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Me too. Like, I just love watching him play. I think it's electric. Definitely. It's – and I would like – I don't know if it's going to win a Super Bowl. No. But... <laughs> That's a another player who – look, it's very early in his career, but – He's someone I want to see win before he's done. Sure. Um, but it's very early. He might not even might not even be a concern because he might end up winning two, three years, maybe this year. Great talent. Um, Great I, talent. I would say the Ravens are going to win. Yep. Um, so that's the AFC North. AFC East. The New York Jets? Yeah, I was going to say the Jets. No, I'm no. going to say the Bills. Oh, I'll go with Buffalo, too. Yeah, let's say it's hard not to pick Buffalo in that unless you're really high on Miami for some reason. But realistically, it's Buffalo's to lose. Josh Allen, this could be his uh, uh another great year for him. Maybe this is his Super Bowl year. Go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs again. That would be great to see. I would love to see it. But, yeah, it's really hard to pick a team, any team other than the Bills, coming out of the AFC East. AFC South, and this is where we might get different. Yep. I have the Indianapolis Colts. That's a very fair pick. I think so. And I struggled with this one. So the Colts, their defense is really good. Yep. Or at least above average. It's solid. It's solid. They added Matt Ryan at quarterback, so the Carson Wentz experience is over. Yep. And I think that caused quite a bit of issues. You can't win with Carson Wentz as your quarterback. I know Philly won <laughs> when Carson Wentz had a really good year, but Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. Nick Foles won. I'm a Vikings fan. Nick Foles tore the team apart. Yeah. It really destroyed my day. It was it was horrible. It was, I hate Nick Foles. Yeah. But regardless, they have Matt Ryan there now. I think Michael Pittman's going to have a really good year, Yeah. at least uh, with Matt Ryan there. I just think they're a very, very well-rounded team. Jonathan Taylor seems due for another great year. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl caliber team in my mind, but I think they're going to win the division. I think that's a very, very fair pick. And I might change one of my wild card picks, actually, to put the Colts in as we get there. But in the AFC South, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill is a game manager. He's a a slightly worse, in my opinion, Kirk Cousins. Sure. He's at least in that, like, he's an average quarterback. But they were good last year for a while until someone got injured. Derrick Henry. And that guy's back. But that guy also gets injured quite often. He's just so good. Mm-hmm. I just like if, if he finds a way to stay healthy or at least play the majority of the games for the Titans, I, I believe in that team. I believe that they have a great system. They kind of know how to function with him being 
their focal point. I think a lot of NFL teams oftentimes have a problem with like deciding what type of offense are we going to be? Like who's going to be our guy? It's very easy for the Titans to know this is going to be our guy and even defenses know it, but they can't stop him. Mm-hmm. So when he's there, he's available. I think that's the best team in the AFC South. And I think, you know, he's going to, if he stays healthy, they're going to win. I just question whether he can stay healthy. And also the pieces that, ta- like, they lost A.J. Brown. That's a tough one. And I, I just don't know if the pieces are, I think last year and the year before were kind of their years to challenge for maybe going to a Super Bowl. Yep. I think Henry, even if he stays healthy, a lot of running backs at his age start to decline. He's 29 he's now. He's pushing 30. He's a, he's a big dude, and size can overcome a lot, but also it's, it can get tough once you get to that age. So I'm going to go Colts. I understand your reasoning on Titans. Though. Okay. We'll differ there. We'll differ. And I think we're going to differ on this next one, too. Okay. This might be my first hot take. Okay. Let's hear it. The AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers are really? going to win. The Chargers. Really? Justin Herbert. He might win MVP this year. Mm. I love Justin Herbert. I love Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, I think, has a lot left in the tank. He's definitely more of a... Now they brought Sonny Michelle in too. He will help alleviate some of the the more taxing downs from Eckler. I think their defense is amazing. They add a Khalil Mack. I think they're really, really well rounded and a little bit underrated going into this year. Totally just, with you. I just think they're they're that guy this year. So all exceptional points. Extremely well rounded team. I think they're underrated. I don't know why they're not being talked about more. They except, will be. Except for one reason. They play in the same division as maybe the best player in the world in Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And what happens to the Chiefs, and what I think people forget about, is how hard it is to play an arrowhead after the November 1st. Like, it gets cold. It's the altitudes there. It's, like, it's loud. Like, that, that building is so hard to win in. People go to LA and they're like, ah, great. We're in LA. It's 24 degrees sunny. Let's... <laughs> I, I just don't know if the Chiefs got better over the offseason. I think they got worse. They got worse. I think the defense got worse. I think they, they got worse. And I'm not I'm not saying that they didn't. Like I know they got worse. I'm just saying with that quarterback still there, Kelsey, the system they have, the coach they have, the experience they as a team generally have, and that stadium, that environment teams have to come in and play against. Mm-hmm. I just think they're going to win the division um, because I just don't see them losing a ton of home games. I get what you're saying. Uh, I will. We'll move on to the wild card. Yeah. I have the Chiefs there. Okay. I have them as the first wild card. And I have the Chargers as number one. Yeah. So it's it's going to come down to those two teams. Yeah. I just think the Chargers improved. They didn't even make the playoffs last year, obviously. They did finish over 500. I just... I think That's they learned. That's a big jump. Well, I think they learned from that. Like, they're probably so mad about it. And maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe you get to week one, you kind of forget about it. But they were only three games back of the Chiefs. Right. So, realistically, it's not out of the question that they make up that ground over this season, especially because the Chargers' schedule is going to be easier than the Chiefs' schedule. That's fair. We'll see how it goes. I have Chiefs as my number one wild card. You said you have the Chargers as your number one wild card. Yes. My number two, the Raiders. Same division, AFC West. Yep. The Raiders are going to be there. I just, 
I don't know if I'm sold on them going too far in the playoffs, but I do think they're at least going to make the playoffs. So I had the Raiders as my three wild card, which I'm going to replace with your Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts. So now you have the Raiders out. I have the Raiders out. Whew. In my Tough. two spot, I have the reigning Super Bowl finalists. The Bengals. The Bengals. Mm. Which I haven't heard come out of your mouth yet. I have not said the Bengals. And I'm not going to say the Bengals. Wicked. My third wild card, the Dolphins. Oh, my God. Woo, the Dolphins. I think Tua's getting way underrated right now. I think Tyreek is – look, I know Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of guys look really good. I think Tyreek also helped make Patrick Mahomes look good. I don't know. Again, this is a team that I can't see going very far in the playoffs when they get there, if they get there. But – I do think they're just going to squeak into the wild card, and I, I think they're going to be that team. I don't think the Bengals are going to this year. So you're saying you've said two teams in this wild card so far that you say I don't think they're going to do very well in the playoffs, which I think is code for maybe they won't even get to the playoffs then. Well, I, I put them right on the bubble. I just think the Bengals, I mean, we've talked about this before, the Bengals' biggest weakness they already addressed this offseason. Their offensive line is much better. Mm-hmm. They still have a, a fantastic quarterback under pressure situations, which was shown last year in Joe Burrow, and arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. They have a very good receiving core as a whole. They have T. A great Higgins, receiving, yeah. Tyler Boyd. They just a lot of good skill players. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to discount what they did last year. I know they were underdogs the whole way. I think it's dis- borderline disrespectful to say yeah, borderline disrespectful. You got better, and you went to the Super Bowl, but where you're not going to make the playoffs. Now, if- I think they're just going to miss. I will say I, I don't think they're going to tank this year and have a horrible year. Yeah. I just think something might go wrong. Okay, and they might not end up being as good as people think they will be. And look, I'm I'm very ready to admit I'm wrong if they start the year what seven eight no, and I look like an idiot. That's fine, mm. but I just don't know if they have it in them. Okay. Um, so, as far as notable teams left out for me, it would be the Bengals. I didn't put the Browns in there. The Broncos with Russ, they're not in there. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't have the Titans, who you had winning the division. I, I don't the have division. them in there. They're probably – they would be one of those teams with the Bengals for me that's, like, right there. Yeah. And then the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots are going to make it. Which isn't really a hot take. I just – you kind of always have well, I to – I don't have the Raiders. I don't have the Dolphins. Right. Um, so – Okay, so we kind of started off agreeing, and then we, we just completely went sideways. Yeah, together. so to run through it again, I had Ravens, Bills, Colts, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Dolphins. And I had Ravens, Bills, Titans, Chiefs, Chargers, Bengals, Colts. Right. All right. All right. Not not bad. Not bad. On to the NFC, and I think we agree here again. NFC North. Packers. The Packers. Yes. It's hard. I'm like, again. Does, does that pain you to say? It does a little bit. I do think they won't be as good as they were last year. But their defense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good. Aaron Rodgers, like he, I don't like the guy, but he's really good at throwing a ball. Um, so it's hard for them. It's hard for me to see them not winning the division, but I think it might be closer than it was last year at least. And you agree? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be closer. And I think the Vikings are a threat. That's my guy. Um. I just don't think that they're going to beat the Packers. Yeah, I, and I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, uh, NFC East. 
think, How about them Cowboys? The Cowboys. I really didn't want to put the Cowboys here. I wanted to put the Eagles. I almost wanted to like go off the board and pick Commanders, but go, I didn't because that would be that would be dumb. Um, I picked the Cowboys too. I know for some reason people aren't super. They're having some injury troubles, and people aren't super high on Dak. I like Dak. I I think he's good enough to get them to the playoffs. And honestly, I think he he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. But things kind of have to break his way a little bit. I would. I also look at their competition. Yeah. And I look at okay, they're gonna play the Eagles twice. They're probably gonna split that. But the games against the Giants and the Commanders, I'm like, you're you're gonna win those. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. those are a lot of, e- I don't want to say easy wins, but easier games, not only to win but on your team, on your body, like it's just not taxing. So I think schedule wise, which is why I think going in, if they do make it to the playoffs, which I think it's hard to see them not making the playoffs, but yeah. if they do make it to the playoffs, they might be able to go on a run because they're healthy. They're healthy. Hopefully, hopefully they're healthy. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, NFC South, the Buccaneers. Yep, Tom Brady, the Tom GOAT. Brady. And I I would like to see a road for the Saints to make it there, but coaching change, Jameis Winston at quarterback. It's gonna. I think it'll be a lot of fun games because Jameis Winston is the quarterback, but... Could be a lot of shootouts. Exactly. I It just doesn't lend itself to much sustained success for the Saints, so... It, it's by default. I think it has to go Bucks. Yeah. NFC West. Who do you got? And AFC West. NFC. So, NFC West. Sorry. Uh, the Rams. The Rams. The Rams. I mean, it's hard to go against the Rams for what they did last year. How dominant they looked. You know, if Patrick Mahomes isn't one of the best players in football, Aaron Donald is. Mm-hmm. If Cooper Cup isn't one of the best receivers, you know, then you know who else is? Jamar Chase, like we said earlier. But Cooper Cup was amazing. Triple Crown last year. Uh, Matthew Stafford can throw a football. My fear with the Rams, and this is why I don't have them winning the the division, is, come down? is that and Stafford's elbow. Okay. I, I'm a little concerned about the injury maybe coming back for him, so okay. that's why I don't have them winning the division. I have the 49ers winning the division. Like, I, I get that. I think, <laughs> I think it's, the 49ers did such a great job in the playoffs. Yeah. But over a full season. I think they're... I think Trey Lance is going to come out and look, I don't know if he's going to have an amazing year, but I think he's going to have a good enough year that the team around him is going to like their defense is still really good. Mm-hmm. They they've got all the tools for things to go well. And look, if Trey Lance doesn't end up working out, and I think he will, but if he doesn't, you throw the guy that you know can run the system back in, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, because he's sticking around. Right. And so you throw him back in, you say, "Hey, just be your mediocre self, and he goes out there. He does it. I think they're gonna they're gonna end up winning more games. But sure. I do. I will say, if the Rams stay healthy, and Matt Stafford doesn't have any elbow issues, they're the better team. They're probably the better team. Okay, so we can agree, kind of there. Kind of. Uh, my wild cards. Yes, the Minnesota Vikings. Classic. I don't really have an order for this. The Minnesota Vikings, L.A. Rams. And the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so my wild card is not including your Vikings. That's a tough break. I have the 49ers. Yep. I have the Cardinals as well. And I do have the Eagles. Okay. Just because I, I, of that schedule again. Yeah. And like I think it's going to be close between Dallas and Philly. I think they're both going to make it. So we both have three 
NFC West teams making it. Yes. The, the Seahawks are not one of them. Yeah. Let's be upfront about that. Geno Smith, sorry you're not making the playoffs. No. Year. I'm really excited for their first game. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to be tough to watch. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I'm not going to be watching too. Well, I might watch out of pity. But we'll see. We'll see. Or for work. Or for work. We watch a lot of sports just because we have to. And it sounds better <laughs> than it is. Yeah. Um, we have to pay attention. Yeah. Notable teams left out for me. The Seahawks. They're only notable because it's the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks. The Eagles, who, again, they're going to be right on the bubble for me. And the Saints would be right on the bubble for me, too. So I don't have the Saints either. And notable for me left out as well would be, I don't have the Vikings for you. Yeah. And I mean, I think the Vikings are a solid team. I'm just not sure who I would bounce out for them. Right. I could see the Cardinals being a team that just Maybe. misses too. Uh, it depends Ky- on Kyler. If he does his homework. If he does his homework, he gets... I love the... Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a stat about after every year after the new Call of Duty comes out, the Cardinals are just worse, way worse than they were before. <laughs> Kyler's numbers go way that. down. I have not. It's like, man... Stop making it so obvious, dude. Get someone else to like play your games for you. It's fine. Tough. It's uh, you got to figure it out, man. You're getting paid too much. But hopefully, I like I like Kyler too. I hope he figures it out because you just I I would want to see him win again. He's an athlete that I would like to see win before he retires. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks I would like to see win before they retire or win one more like i would like to see brady win one more as much as it's annoying that would be cool i would yeah just be cool um i don't know if i want to see russ win another one no because i think it would be more entertaining if he just went into denver and did not perform um kyler's up there though lamar i think would be number one mahomes i mean by default i think he's gonna win at least one or two more unless the chiefs somehow don't figure out how to surround him but i don't know we'll have to see do you have an mvp pick for this year it's either going to be josh allen or justin herbert i'm going herbert i think this is and if he wins the mvp then your pick is going to be right in the afc west if he wins mvp well yeah probably that's going to work out that way yeah i i do think this is the year where herbert shows he's in the conversation with allen and mahomes because right now i think he's a tier below yeah but I would put him in that tier after the season. And I think he's going to show it this year. And that's why the Chargers are going to win the division. We also get a text in Marcus and Gibson's most underrated wide receiver in the NFL, Mike Williams. Interesting. Part of that Chargers receiving core. He had a really good great talent start to the year last year. And then wasn't as good near the end. But regardless, didn't really end up mattering because they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Tough. Sad. And Keenan Allen is still there. I like Keenan Allen a lot. They've got a good receiving core. Mm-hmm. And their defense, as you mentioned, is great. Yes. And it got better. They, they're they one of the two. Look, I know the- Stop convincing me, Josh. <laughs> if you just ignore the last four letters of Chiefs and switch for Archers, you're fine. Perfect. There you go. Chargers, AFC West champions. Book it now. Book Th- it. They might not go far in the playoffs. Stop but saying that. You got to- That's always my caveat. It's because there's, there's only certain teams I think are going to do good in the playoffs. Like the Chiefs, when they make the playoffs, I think they're going to do well. The Bills, when they make the playoffs, I think they're going to do well. Any team that Tom Brady's on, same situation. The Packers, I think, are in that conversation. But it's uh, 
it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to it. Season kicks off next week. Uh, it's the Rams, and who are they playing? The Rams are playing a team, that's for sure. It's a great game. We're all looking forward to it. No one's wasting time. No one's typing out looking for anything right now. We are just... Is it the Bills? It might be the Bills. It is the Bills. Buffalo and LA. That's going to be a really good game. That's Thursday nighter. I knew it was a good game. Exactly one week from now. And then Sunday, the first NFL Sunday of the year, I'm going to be traveling at the time. Really poor planning by me. I'm going to be in the air heading to Arizona. And then when I land, the Cardinals will be playing. I will not be going because I will have woken up way too early because <laughs> I have to deal with this YVR shenanigans. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to the season. Looking forward to the next time we're on air. Not sure when that will be, but it will be at some point. Thank you for listening. This has been Sportsnet Today. I have been Josh Elliott Wolf with producer Ben Bazran. The People Show coming up next. Bick Nazar, Randeep Janda on Sportsnet 650.